This, this message this morning comes from an, an off-the-cuff comment that my dad made actually a few weeks ago. Pastor Joe made a comment that I, I liked. It was actually a comment about a scripture, and I'm a very forgetful person, so I, I wrote it down. Well, time went on and been pretty busy lately. I actually did forget about it. Well, it was surprisingly the very next day, I believe, if memory serves me well, uh, my family and I, we were doing our little Bible study that we do. And we just so happened to read that exact same scripture that Pastor Joe had commented on. And I kind of felt like that was the Lord's way of saying, hey, you know, pay attention here. I already told you this once. Here I am telling you twice. So oddly enough, we read that same scripture the very next day. So then I knew I had to get about seeing what the Lord was trying to say. Now that scripture, you don't have to turn there right yet, but it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 17 records a battle between the Philistine armies and the Israelite armies. Now, the Israelites were camped on the side of a mountain. Then their whole armies were there. Then there was a valley. And then on the other side of a mountain, across this valley of Elam, was the Philistine army. Okay, so you have the Israelites on one side. You have this big valley. It's kind of like the no man's land. If you go down there, you're going to get shot or killed because that's where the battle takes place. And then on the other side, you have the Philistines. Okay, now the Bible says every morning and every evening, Goliath, that big giant, we're all familiar with who Goliath is, would descend from there, the Philistine side down into this valley and he would shout defiances against the Israelite army. Down in this valley, he would, or valley, he would shout, I defy the Israelite army. I defy you. I defy your gods. Every morning and evenings, I defied the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight. Now, he was this big giant. And when the Israelites on their side of the mountain, when they heard this, the Bible says they were sore afraid. They were dismayed. They were discouraged. They were filled with fear. They were greatly afraid because Goliath was a big old dude. Now, interestingly enough, I just happened to come across this little article earlier this week, completely separate from the Bible, okay, that uh, it, I read in the third, they found a document, an Egyptian document dating clear back to the 13th century B.C., where these Egyptians documented these, this tribe of humongous, fearsome, warrior-like men from the Valley of Canaan, and they record in this document, completely separate from the Bible, that these men were well up over eight feet tall. Now, the biblical scholars believe, and there's some argument within a few different inches here and there, but by what the Bible records, a span and so on and so forth, they believe that Goliath was roughly... Nine and a half feet tall, maybe nine feet nine inches, some say. Either way, 
He was almost as tall as a basketball rim is 10 feet tall. So Goliath was a giant. He was a big old fella. Now, they also speculate that the average man back then, the average man in America today, I believe, is around 5 feet 10 inches. They speculate that David, who we'll see and you know, fights Goliath. They speculate him being a youth maybe around 5 feet 8 inches tall. Now, this is the biblical scholar's best guess. So you have a 9 foot 9 man of war giant going up against a 5 foot 8 inch tall youth. Now, Goliath's spearhead, the the head on his spear, they estimate to weigh about 15 pounds. Now, the normal spearhead from that time range, that time frame, is roughly about one pound. So, Goliath's spearhead is significantly bigger than the average warrior's. Theirs weighs one pound, his weighs 15 pounds. They also estimate, biblical scholars say that his spear, or or maybe it was a javelin-type weapon, they believe that the shaft on it was two to two and a half inches. So maybe that big in diameter that this big giant javelin-like weapon with a 15-pound spearhead on. So this was a big man, a fearsome man. They also estimate, the biblical scholars, that they believe that his mail that he wore, his armor that he had on his chest alone, was roughly 70-some, 78 pounds or so, just the armor that he wore on his chest. Most of us, if we put 78 pounds on us, we're going to collapse after a few minutes. But he wore this around like it was a t-shirt. They estimate that all of his armor, because he had all kinds of armor on, all of Goliath's armor may have weighed from 150 to 200 pounds. That's how much armor that this man wore. So this man, Goliath, who would descend off this mountain down into this valley where everyone was afraid to go, he would come down there, this very formidable opponent, this giant wearing 200 pounds of armor, big giant spear, this big around, and he would shout defiances against the nation of Israel. He was the baddest dude all around, this Goliath was. He would come and intimidate the Israelite army. He would use scare tactics because he was so big and so formidable. People saw him and they were fearful. Goliath would come down and he would bargain with the Israelites. They'd say, send me a man. Someone have some courage somewhere. Send me a man to come and fight with me. If he can subdue me and kill me, then all us Philistines will be your servants. But if I kill him, if I overcome him, then all the Israelites, you be our servants. He would come and he would shout these things to the Israelite army. Of course, they were all too afraid to go up against Goliath. And he would come and rail on them. He would curse them. Needless to say, there were no volunteers. Now, David 
who we know fights Goliath later. David is the eighth son of Jesse. We have this old man named Jesse. He's very aged. He has eight sons. The youngest son is David. Okay, he's, he's a shepherd boy. He has older brothers that are in this army. And Jesse, the dad, wants to check on his sons. He's too old, so he sends David. He says, David, take some food, take some victuals, and go get a report. Make sure my sons are okay. So David leaves this flock of sheep somewhere in Bethlehem. That's where they're from. And he goes to this mountain, and he finds his brother, and he gives them the food and the provisions. And David hears, as he's doing that, he hears and sees this big giant come into this valley and shout these defiances against the army of Israel. Goliath shouts, I defy the armies of Israel. Well, David hears this as he's getting this report to take back to his father. He hears this and he, he says, hey, this guy needs dealt with. Does anyone else hear what this man is saying? He's defying the, the God of Israel. He's defying our armies. Isn't someone going to do something? I'll fight him. If no one else is going to, I'll fight him. Well, David's brothers, if you read the word, it says David's brothers get angry at him because he's this young youth. He's just a shepherd boy. His brothers get angry and they say, hey, go back to those few sheep that you left in the wilderness. We know that you came here because you, you're nosy. You want to find out what's going on in the battle. You just want to come see a fight. You just want to come see the war so you can get lost, David. Get on out of here. His brothers are angry at him. Well, as David is saying, hey, someone needs to fight this guy. Someone needs to deal with this guy. We can't let him say this stuff. Well, people hear about it, and word gets back to King Saul. King Saul was the king that time. Well, King Saul hears about it. King Saul says, hey, we got someone that's willing to fight Goliath? All right, bring him to me. Now, King Saul hadn't yet seen David. He didn't know he was a youth a young lad, he didn't know he was a shepherd. Maybe King Saul thought he was some sort of warrior or some sort of champion. But the Bible says when, when David comes to King Saul, King Saul's hopeful, and he looks at him and says, you can't fight Goliath. You're but a youth, he says. You're just a young lad. You're a shepherd. He's, he's dismayed, thinking it was a warrior, but up shows this guy, he don't even have any weapons on him. He's a shepherd boy. You can't fight Goliath. You, you're but a youth, and Goliath has been a warrior from his youth. Goliath is a seasoned, battle-hardened veteran. He's got scars. He's got thick skins. He has weapons. He has armor. You have none. You can't fight him. Now, finally, I can get to the, the comment that my dad made in the scripture associated with it that we did in our little Bible study. I told you it's found in 1 Samuel's, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. Now, remember, David is just a shepherd boy. We'll read the next two scriptures. Listen, it says, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. 
And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. Now, let's stop there and not read ahead. I understand that those may not seem like earth-shaking scriptures, okay? I get that. However, we can't just blow past what we read because they're extremely important. I believe we read this chapter and we're so focused on the battle between David and Goliath that we miss something that the Lord is trying to tell us. So, reading these two scriptures that I just read, apparently, now there's not much detail in those two scriptures, but apparently, David, who remember, he's this youngest shepherd boy, son of Jesse, they're from Bethlehem, so in a pasture somewhere on the backside of a mountain in Bethlehem, David is apparently tending this flock of sheep, his dad's sheep. And out of the, I believe these are two separate occasions where a lion comes and a bear comes. I believe they're separate because we don't observe in nature lions and bears hunting together. So I believe it's two separate occasions where a lion jumps out of the weeds or the bushes or the brush, nabs one of these lambs, has it in its mouth, and starts to take off, and the Bible says that David smote this lion. Now, I don't know, we've all seen the shepherd's staff. Uh, I meant to bring one this morning and forgot all about it. Maybe David took off running, hauled back, and as that lion's running with the lamb in its mouth, it says he smote the lion, delivered it out of his mouth, meaning maybe that lion had that lamb in its mouth. He whacked it in the back of the head, Whatever he did, it caused the lion to lose hold of the lamb. He delivers the lamb back to the flock. Then it says, when we, we just read that when it rises up against him, the, when the lion turned on to David, he caught him by the beard and slew him. Now, how exactly? I don't know. Maybe he clubbed this thing to death. He just kept right on clubbing it. Maybe he jumped on its back and threw it in some sort of a chokehold and just choked this thing to death. I don't know. Maybe it was a nasty brawl and he just kept clubbing and it kept swiping. And whatever it is, when it rose up against him, he slew this lion. Also, it says a bear. I, I believe it's two separate occasions. A bear jumps out of the woods or whatever, and it too grabs one of these lambs and starts to take off. And there goes David again. He hears a ruckus. And he takes his club and whacks this bear. He delivers it out of its mouth, restores it back to the flock. And then the bear rises up against David. He caught him by the beard. Maybe he, maybe he swung his club and broke this thing's jaw. I don't know. It says the beard. Maybe he broke its jaw and just kept clubbing it to death. Either way, he killed the bear. He kills the lion, and then he kills a bear. Okay? Now, whatever happened, whatever transpired here, we, we know that, actually the Bible tells us in the prior chapter to this, that the Spirit of the Lord was upon David. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13 says, Then Samuel, Samuel was the prophet at that time. Samuel, if he took a horn of oil and dumped it on your head, that meant that you were king. 
Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit, listen, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah. So David had the Spirit of the Lord resting on him. It was not that David was this mighty, awesome, warrior-like man. He had the Spirit of God in him. When the lion came, when the bear came, the Spirit of the Lord rose up inside of David, gave him what he needed to go and club these animals and bludgeon them to death and deliver the lamb out of its mouth because the Spirit of the Lord was upon David. He kills these two wild animals that would slay any one of us. If a lion broke into this building this morning and come after me, unless I have the Spirit of the Lord in me, it's going to tear me limb from limb. Same as a bear. We've all been to the zoo and seen these great things. We've seen that these lions, are their paws and bears' paws and their claws are this one. One swipe and we'd be history. But the Spirit of the Lord was in David and he killed them both. Now, maybe you're thinking this morning, that's all well and good, Jason, but why are we looking at these two scriptures? Are you telling me these two scriptures just in case I come up against a pack of wild dogs or something that maybe I can pray and the Lord will help me to defeat these wild dogs? Because we don't have any lions and bears naturally around here. So what are we doing reading this scripture? Maybe if a, a rabid raccoon comes up against me, I can pray and the Lord will help deliver me from the rabid raccoon. What is the point of these two scriptures being in this story? Well, we know that the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. These two Scriptures that we read about the lion and the bear are strategically put in the sacred text to instruct us, to reprove us, to correct us in righteousness, to make us more thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We have them to profit us. Those two scriptures about the lion and the bear are there for our own profit, to reprove us and to correct us. So what is it that we gain from them? I believe the answer is found in the very next two scriptures. First Samuel Chapter 17, verse 36. Listen, we're talking about the lion and the bear. This is David talking to King Saul. He had just told them about killing the lion and the bear. Listen to what he says in verse 36. Thy servant, this is David now, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with me, or be with you. Listen now. In order for David to be able to fight Goliath, first he had to go up against the lion in the bear. In order for David to be equipped with what he needed to be able to go up against this massive, formidable giant tougher than anyone else in the land, first 
he had to kill the lion. First, he had to kill the bear. By killing the lion, by killing the bear, David was equipped with what he needed to fight later on in his life. He first had to kill the lion, and then he first had to kill the bear. The lion and the bear were lesser enemies. They weren't as big and bad as Goliath. But the lion and the bear were stepping stones of experience leading up to the battle against Goliath. That's why those two scriptures are in there. That's why they're in there for our prophet to instruct us. First, before Goliath comes in your life, you better kill the lesser enemies, the bear and the lion. All the other men fled when Goliath would shout the defiances against the Israelite army, but not David. Why? Because he'd killed the lion and the bear. He'd already killed the lion and he slew the lion and the bear. David said, man, I've seen this stuff before. I've seen these types before. These types that are formidable, they seem so scary. He said, man, I was a shepherd long ago and a lion come up. I have done this before. I've killed these types before. You see, David viewed Goliath as he's just another type of a lion. He's just another type of a bear. I know what God can do with these types. He knew that he served a God that was able to assist him to defeat any enemy. All these enemies, all of our enemies seem greater than us, don't they? All of them do. But David knew. David knew from experience that the God in him could equip him with what he needed because he'd done it before. Man, I've done this before. I know what God can do. Without the Spirit of the Lord, I believe David would have been slaughtered by that lion, by that bear. He would have been destroyed, and Goliath would have destroyed him. Goliath would have destroyed the nation of Israel. Had God not sent that lion and that bear into David's life many years prior. Listen, we we know that King David goes on to fight many battles But we also know that David wrote many of the Psalms, okay? I believe David captures, we capture some of his mindset in Psalms chapter 144, verse 1. Listen to his words. Psalms 144, verse 1 says, this is a Psalm of David. Listen now, remember, killed the lion and the bear, killed Goliath. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust, who subdues my people under me. This is a man that has been through experiences with his God. This is a man that has killed the lion. This is a man that has killed the bear. And this is a man that when he sees Goliath, instead of running like everybody else was afraid and fearful, he's saying, hey, this guy needs dealt with. I've done this before. This man is nothing. He'll be just like another lion. He'll be just like another bear. I slew them. I'll take care of him as well. This man knew what his God was capable of. David had experienced God granting him the necessary strength to destroy the enemy, 
Therefore, David viewed this Goliath just as another bear or lion. He knew from experience. David said, I've seen God slaughter these types before. God makes us mighty in battle. He does. Now, do you see the implications here in these two scriptures? Do you see now why they're in there for us? Do you, do you see now that God, I, I believe God sent that lion. God sent that bear. Or he allowed them. However the mind of God works, I'm not able to understand all of God. But however it works, I believe God allowed those things to rise up against the David. To attack his, what was his. To attack what was his father's. God allowed it. I'm going to see what my servant's going to do. Will he call on me or will he run and flee? Or will he be afraid? I believe God allowed it to happen knowing that years, years, years later he would face a formidable foe in Goliath. You see, God prepares you years in advance for what you need to do for the Goliath that you need to face 20 years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now. God will prepare you today if you are willing. These two scriptures show me that my God is able to see into the future. He can see into your future. He can say, Jason, 20 years from now, you're going to face a Goliath. And you're going to be mowed down unless I let you go through these couple of things first. But if I let you go through these things first, and you can come through them, still serving me, still believing in me, not acting like an idiot, then you'll have the experience you need 20 years from now when that Goliath comes and stares down at your face. Everyone else is afraid. You won't be. Why? Because you have the experience. That's why those two scriptures are in there for us. Boy, there's so many things in the Bible you can blow right past. So many things in the Word of God you can just blow right past reading them. And I love to see things like this in the Word. I love it. God built, God molded, he built David up for that moment, for that showdown with Goliath. Well, see, see, we never saw, no one else saw David when he was being molded all alone in that pasture somewhere in Bethlehem. No one saw the years where God was shaping him way back then. There were no other army members. There was no King Saul watching him way back then. There was no other guys around to say, man, look how tough he is. Look how much of a war. Nobody was around back then when God was shaping him all alone. The only thing all the people saw was, man, this guy went up and fought and slew Goliath. Holy moly. God was at work equipping David with what he would need in the future. So many people in this body, I will say in this body, are unable to cope with the Goliaths in their life because they refuse to fight the lesser enemies, the lion and the bear. You know, the Lord Jesus tells an awesome parable. I'm not going to read it all. We'll, we'll be here too long. But he tells a parable called the parable of the talents where this, this master hands out this five talents to one, two to one, and one, and disperses them. You know, something important that Jesus says to the man with five talents, 
he goes out and he gains five more talents for a total of ten, and he brings them back when his master returns. He has to give an account, and he says, Master, you gave me five. I made five more. Here you go. Here is your stuff. But the Lord says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many things. New Hope, what are you doing with the little things in your life, the little bears and the lions? Are you dealing with them like they should be dealt with? Because in order for you to stand against Goliath, you had better have been faithful over those little things. The little things first, then Goliath down the road. You better be able to fight those lesser enemies. New Hope, what are you going to do when Goliath comes to you? When, it, when Goliath, nine foot nine inches, 15 pound spearhead, 20 times stronger than anyone else, than any other man on this planet, armor 200 pounds. What are you going to do when Goliath comes to you? 1 Samuel 17, 24 says, And all the men of Israel, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were sore afraid. All of them were scared to death of Goliath. They ran away. They didn't have the courage. Why? Because they never addressed the bears. They never addressed the lions. They'd never been through those things. So when Goliath came, they were afraid. They were sore afraid, scared to death, had no courage, ran away. Weren't able to stand up against the formidable, big, giant Goliath. They had not fought the lion. They had not fought the bear. Alone. Segregated. They, they refused to go through that preparation process that God uses. They refused it. I ain't messing with no lions. I ain't messing with no bears. Leave me alone. Just let me be blessed and live my life, Lord. Well, when Goliath comes, you will not be prepared. You will not. Now, I can only offer a, a wild guess. I can only offer a conjecture. But I believe David would have been slaughtered by Goliath had he not first fought the lion and the bear. New Hope, you, you tell me this morning, what are you doing in preparation for Goliath? Are you putting oil in your lamp? Or are you seeking the Spirit of God? Is that Spirit of God in you? Are you seeking? Are you praying? Are you studying? Are you looking through this Word saying, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? That's how you prepare. Because when Goliath comes, you don't have time. This thing's going to be just a bunch of words. You have to do it in advance before he comes. Because once he comes, it's too late. He's coming to fight. He's coming to kill someone. What are you doing, New Hope, in preparation for Goliath? I'll tell you what, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. People not prepared for Goliath. They're not prepared. Lack of preparation. Lack of sowing into the Word. Lack of sowing this into their family, into their children. 
Case my wife and I used to do our little Bible studies with our family when they were little, little kids. And I always thought, these guys can't even hardly understand this stuff. It almost, in a sense, seemed like a waste of time. Do they even understand what this is? Mom and dad takes care of them. This stuff, they, they don't even have to worry about worldly stuff right now. Boy, I tell you what, my boy's about ready to turn 16. He's already out doing a little, some work, and this stuff starts to become real. Now that my kids are getting older, those things were preparation for what is to come. They're preparation in your family, in your marriage, in, in the people you work with. You prepare for the things coming down the road. If I don't teach my kids now, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? When they got some buddies that says, hey, let's smoke a little bit of this. Hey, let's, let's look at that. Hey, take a look. They'll have no teachings, no preparation, and Goliath will slay my children. Goliath will slay my marriage. Goliath will kill me if I don't prepare. He will kill you. He will kill your marriage. He will kill your family. Goliath hates everything to do with God. Goliath in the Bible in Samuel 17 hated the Israelite army. He hates everything about God. He's there to kill, steal, and destroy. So what are you doing in preparation for Goliath before he comes? Now, maybe, just maybe, you're fortunate enough to not have any Goliaths in your life right now. God bless you. I hope it stays that way. I do. However... At some point, there's going to be a Goliath come walking down your path. I promise you that. And once he shows up, it's too late. You either prepared or you didn't prepare. You're, you're, at some point, I promise you, you will have a Goliath standing in front of you. And you'll either be prepared through that experience. You'll either be prepared through sowing into the Word, into your heart. Or you won't be. But once he shows up, it's too late. The Lord can give you what is required to defeat Goliath. The Lord can. When David fought the lion and the bear, he was cultivating a relationship. He was cultivating an intimate relationship with the Lord. His faith wasn't just words only. His faith was words that came to life when he's over there clubbing that bear. When he's clubbing that lion. And the Lord made him valiant and mighty in battle. His faith came alive to him. It became something tangible, something real, not just words. That's how he knew he could fight Goliath. His, it, it was his word tested and proved able. Now I just I noticed too, when David fought the lion and the bear, it's just him. Ain't nobody else is around. Nobody's there plodding. No one says, hey, good job, let's parade you around. Hey, let's make you king. Nope, it's just David, those wild animals, and God, and some sheep. That's it. David was becoming intimate with God. We move on in our story. King Saul, before he goes to, to fight, or before David goes to fight Goliath, King Saul looks and says, all right, you, you want to fight him? Have at it. 
I'll give you some of my armor. 17, chapter 17, verse 38 says, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. He also armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. Listen, and he took his staff and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script, and his sling, which was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. King Saul is trying to help him and says, here, you don't even have any weapons. You don't even have any armor. At least take some armor and some weapons. And David thinks about them and he says, I haven't proved these. These aren't tested in battle. So what does David do? He gets the stuff that's tested in battle. He goes and gets his shepherd's staff, the Bible says. He don't even come to Goliath with a sword. He don't even have any weapons. The only thing he's got is what he killed the lion and the bear with. That's all I needed then. That's all I need now. He gets his staff, he gets his sling, he picks him up, puts it in his shepherd's bag. He don't even have armor on as he goes to see Goliath. He knows the stuff that he has is good enough. Why? Because he used it before. David pretty much says, look, I didn't need these things when I fought. I didn't need no sword. I didn't need this mail. I appreciate the gesture, but here, you can have it back. They're not tested. They're not battle tested. He took what he needed. He took what he knew worked. You know, I, I just wonder. The Bible says he took his staff. I wonder if that was the same exact staff that he clubbed that lion with, that he bludgeoned the, the bear to death with. I just wonder. Maybe it was. Maybe the sling that he took. Maybe the Bible doesn't give us much detail when he killed those animals. Maybe it was the sling that he killed them with. We don't know. But let's finish the story. Uh, we'll bring this to a close. Um, if I could get Rod and the band to make their way back up. Let, let's keep reading. But, but as I do, I want you to pay attention to the way that David... Five foot eight, five foot ten. Pay attention to the way that he speaks to Goliath. Nine and a half feet, nine foot nine. Pay attention to his words. Verse 42 says, And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that you come to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I'll give your flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, listen to his words now, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied. Listen to his words. He says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hands, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thy, thee, and I'll give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. 
that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Those are the words of a man that has experience with his God. He talked down on this giant, not in fear. He talked down on him, knowing that the battle was already won. These are the words of a man that has already killed by the power of God, the Spirit of God in with him. He killed bears, he killed lions, and he viewed Goliath just as another bear and another lion. Listen, those are the words of a man that through experience knows his God. The only way that you can talk to Goliath that way, the only way you can talk to Goliath that way in your life is if you've killed the lions and the bears. You can't talk to Goliath like that unless you got experience to back it up. Verse 48 says, And it came to pass when the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his faith to the earth. Boy, he whacks him. He runs to the battle. Now I'll ask you again, New Hope. What are you doing with the bears in your life? What are you doing with the lions in your life? Are you preparing? Are you sowing in? Are you sowing the word into your heart, into your soul, into your marriage, into your family, into all those around you, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, whoever it is? Sow the word into them so that later when Goliath comes, you'll be able to stand against him. Be faithful over the few, and you'll be ruler over many things. Are you addressing the little things in your life? What about those the Song of Solomon says, the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. What are you doing about the sin that easily besets? The little things. The little things. So that someday when you face the big things, you'll have those little things tucked in your belt in experience. And you'll know how to go about that Goliath. I hope I encourage you this morning. Become intimate with God. Fight the bears. Fight the lions. Be faithful over the few. And then you will look at Goliath differently. You'll be able to speak down on Goliath. He won't be looking down. You won't be afraid. You'll know what your God can do. Amen? Let's stand.